everybody. This is the Trumpet of Truth podcast, episode eight. Um, today is a special episode. I've got my cousin Colton and his wife Nicole with us. Ooh. Hey guys, what's up? Hey guys. Um, Colton. And you forgot the most important person. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello guys. <laughs> Allie is here as well. In case all of you were wondering. Okay, so I brought these guys in here today. Um, Colton's got a really special testimony, and it's something I felt like more people needed to hear. It's very inspirational. It's very awesome. So, uh, mm-hmm. And that's something that we told you guys we were going to do at the beginning. We were going to have testimonies and stories and bring more people and guests on. And, so Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, it's a lot harder to mesh up <laughs> schedules with mm-hmm. other adults yeah, to get absolutely. to do this. So yeah. that's why we're eight episodes deep. With only one guest. <laughs> but we got it. <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> and we brought two this time. So. <laughs> Double whammy. So, let it rip, Tatership. All right, guys. Like you said, I'm Colton. Um, so, growing up, you know, I, my family didn't go to church. Um, really, we kind of, there was like a unspoken truth. I mean, we they believe in God, but no one really talks about it. The women go to church, but the men really don't. It's like that's not the manly thing to do or something. I don't know. But like, we just didn't grow up going to church. And then uh, my uncle started taking uh, me and my brother um, and my brother would find Christ. And then I would kind of ponder on the idea for a while and um, kind of just like take it in and look, and look how God was changing him and, and everyone around me. But I still was like on the outside looking in and just didn't know what that was about. But then I would come to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at age 10 um, after being f- uh, filled with the Spirit and just feeling His truth. Um, was that like a special like service? or? Nope, it was just a normal service. I was yeah. there with my uncle. It was just me and my uncle, actually, Aww. and no one was there. And, Eric, right? Yeah, Eric. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there one day, and I've been, I was literally going back and forth. Should I get saved? Should I not? Aww. Should I get saved? Should I not? But I'm not talking to anyone about it. Every every kid goes through that. Yeah. Right. We all went through it at this yeah. table. I did. And I you hear it every Sunday. You're hearing... Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you're like, who's this guy? And then you're like thinking about it and you're going back and forth. And then one day I was, or one just church service, I was sitting there and all of a sudden I was overwhelmed by this Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. of God. And that feeling, if you've ever felt that, it's an overwhelming feeling and all emotion will come out of you. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know it to be true. You don't, you don't, it's almost like, what was that? <laughs> and it's like, and but you know what it was, and it's the truth, and it will fill you ever be, you know, everything inside of you. It's yeah. kind of similar, to like being tapped out in a wrestling match. Like you, you just gotta submit. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Submission. Because it, like your, your fight was oh back and forth, back and yeah, forth. Should I? Should fight. I not? And yeah. And it finally just chokes you out. And you just gotta play there. And yeah. And well, what G- and what through. the spirit will do to you is it will put you on your face. Mm. Like it will put you flat on your face where you are, where you stand. Doesn't matter if you're in the middle of Walmart or in the mm. middle of the nicest church in in Missouri or the United States <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I will fall to my face and weep for mm-hmm, Jesus yeah. when the spirit fills you. Sit down, take notes, <laughs> let him do his thing, you know, let him work. Yeah. So, um, so I battled, like I felt that. And then I went on fire, like most of us do when we feel the spirit. And then, you know, from there on growing up, I would battle to stay on the right track going, uh, growing up. Uh, when I was 20 years old, I'd been with Nicole for, f- you know, a few, a couple few years um, <laughs> at that point. Um, and, and, and I got in the wrong, just kind of growing up being a dumb kid, I would get, um, 
you know, I would start smoking weed and party with my friends and like being a kid, being a dumb kid. And, uh, it was something that always made us fight. She hated it. And I would, I would be good one weekend and the next weekend I would, we'd fight and I would leave me alone and, um, do what I wanted to do. Even though I knew God was talking to me and telling me not to, it was convicting my heart, but I wouldn't listen to either um, him or Nicole. Yeah. I decided after a while I would push like Nicole away and I just wanted to be free. And this was when I was 20 years old. Um, That's that world tugging at you. Oh, it is. Be free. Yeah. Be like, free. Like that saying, the, the flesh or the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You yeah. always, mm-hmm. if you're not ready to submit fully, yeah. you, you know, gravity tells us it's easier to pull someone down than it is to lift them up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's one of them deals. So I was like fighting that, like I was fighting, like not going back to that life, but then I'd fought it for so long. It's almost like I was like, all right, I give up, go away, Nicole, go away. Everyone that wants me to do right, I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. And the next three or four months of my life would change forever. I mean, I went crazy. I met new, a whole new group of people. I moved into an apartment out of my mom and dad's place. Um, my best friend was living with me. I started a new job. I was going to college. Um, it was like a new start for me and I was just having fun enjoying life. And I began smoking weed every night, then drinking most nights, mm. then taking pills every day. And I would, I would party every weekend with my new friends and it's like, man, I'm back to myself. Mm. And, um, I mean, I was spending all my money on drugs and alcohol. I needed money for my bills. And, you know, one night <clears throat> I got presented the opportunity to sell weed and, um, to make some money. And I was, cause I was spending all my money on drugs and stuff. I got behind, like I didn't have any money for rent. So yeah. like I was, I felt like I was in a, a position where I had to do something. All while working a regular job too. Just, oh yeah. Full-time student. Full-time student. Yeah. Full-time student, full-time working yeah. and doing it by my, pretty much the first time I'd like done it by myself, like for real, for real. Yeah. You know, I'd been in the dorm life and I'd done that route and everything, which was another whirlwind in itself. <laughs> You know, but this was the first time I had independent, like actual, just like independence, my own job, my own yeah. bills, my everything. Step um, back real quick. How much sleep do you think you were getting in? <laughs> this is the part of him where he's always asking these questions. Yeah. Um, hours, a couple hours. Yeah, I'd probably be like four, three or four or five hours. That was a good night's sleep. Mate, yeah. Four probably. hours. He'd like, fall asleep at work. I'd like pass out drunk, wake up, take a pill, hit, go to the job. Wow. Wait, go to smoke, smoke a joint, go into work, be high the whole time, get up, go to lunch break, go to my, go to break, go to my car, smoke again, take a pill, go back in, get off at like three. And it was just, it was just over and over and over. And how crazy is it that you felt free, but it was the most bondage you've ever been in? Like that's a cycle that can't be broken. (laughs) (laughs) In your mind, you're thinking, man, I'm free. I'm living it up. I'm getting high, getting drunk, getting laid, getting all this stuff. But really you weren't getting nowhere. Right. You were stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Go <laughs> no, no. Um, and so, you know, I, like I said, I was feeling like myself. Um, so I was kind of felt like I was back in the corner. And then I decided to make one of the dumbest decisions, but also one of the best decisions of my life, which yeah. sounds wrong, but you'll get it. So um, I went to go sell um, Weed to pay my bills, and um, on August 9, 2016, I'd be pulled over and charged with a felony, landing me in jail. Um, I was stressed, scared, anxious, and thought my life was ruined. Um, does reading that take you back to that moment? Yeah, it really does every time I read it because I can't even ex- explain to you how, like, 
lonely and broken you can feel like you feel like you're literally on top of the world which you're not obviously yeah. but you feel that way in that moment um and then i literally like you know seeing myself in an orange jumpsuit and slippers mm-hmm. and actually i don't know if i've told many people this but when i walked in the door the door opened to go to my cell myself and as soon as it opened i actually seen a good buddy of mine i played football with my whole life wow and he was, he went to the uh, military and he was working at Green County. He was sitting in the front. And as soon like, I walk in, I'm already just like, man. You're Defeated. Yeah, that, and I don't want to show weakness. I'm in jail. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, be, like, trying yeah. to be cool. And then I see him and he looks at me and I thought he was going to cry. Yeah. He just, he dropped his head and he was like, man, really? Like, you, of all people, you? And I was like, yeah, I can't even tell you that feeling. It was like the most it was shame. There's so much shame. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I sat in a cell for 24 hours alone and scared and I got out of jail and I was scared that my parents, you know, would be mad or disappointed in me, but instead they embraced me and helped me get through the hard times ahead, which was, was great. Um, I needed someone in my corner at the time. No one was there. And, uh, I would get to my parents that night. I would get straight out. I would get released. I would go straight home. And then that night, I would drop to my knees and pray to God, weeping and telling him I was sorry, repenting for what I'd done. And um, I had to become or I I'd asked him to help me, you know, get through this. And if he helped me get through it, that I'd never go back to that life again um, and that I'd serve him with everything I had. Within the next week, my best friend would disappear, um, literally, Quote, literally well, disappear yeah. like he. I came home and yeah, he was gone out and of my life. You guys were living together. Yep. Yeah, and he pretty much just abandoned me. Have you spoke to him since? Like once or twice on the phone. Yeah. Wow. Um, totally cut off communication. Just just left gone. me, dude. Just my corner best friend, then gone. Wow. Um, which was yeah, it's just I can't, I couldn't believe that. Um, so, you know, so with my best friend leaving. You know, he, d- he disappeared from my life, forced me to break my lease on my apartment. My job would fire me literally like in a couple of days of like of me getting in trouble. My job fired me wow. uh, when they found out I was arrested. And um, in a matter of a few days, I was at rock bottom. I was living in my parents' house, unemployed, charged with a felony. Mm-hmm. No student, friends. Student loans. Student, still student. Right? Yep. Still in school. <laughs> yeah. Student yep. loans backed up. Um, literally no one by my side literally um, felt pushed everyone that loved me away. And everyone I thought loved me was gone. Um, and that all hit at once. Like It was literally in a, yeah. in a matter of five days. So, so I'm going to interject real quick. At this time, Nicole, you guys aren't dating, right? We're not dating. Not no. dating. Do you know any of this as it's going on? or how I didn't long? know any of this was happening. So even when we had broken up, we were still pretty much best friends, except for this three or four month time period where he was best, where he was making these new friends. And to be honest, I just couldn't watch it anymore. I'd watched it happen slowly over years. And it was horrible to watch. Mm -hmm. Like you're watching this person that you know is not this person make these life choices. And I mean, I think he didn't want my influence anymore. So we just... We just stopped talking. Yeah. And you'd probably cried too many tears when you you dried up. Yeah. And you've you tried nothing, so many different things, give, you know, like to, telling yeah. them what to do, not telling them what now, to do. Were, let there, him be his own person. were there nights where you would like 
pray on his behalf, like intercede for him? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, during this time, I didn't know it had gotten this bad, obviously. I didn't know he had gone to jail. I didn't know <laughs> he was that deep in it. But I remember praying for him all the time, just that something would happen. I mean, obviously, I didn't think that it would be that severe. I hoped it wouldn't, but I'm thankful that it was. Well, and also, up. like, when she was around, like, I was hiding it. Just yeah. like you hear all these people, like the addicts and everything, they're, they hide it because they're, it. they're so, I mean, yeah, but like trying, trying to be like, you know, like you're not appearing to do those things. You know? See, and you know, this is your testimony, but there's also a very good viewpoint from Nicole. I mean, mm-hmm. it just shows the maturity because you guys were boyfriend and girlfriend yeah. Right? Yeah. and you was able to still pray on his behalf, yeah. pray for him, hope the best for him. <clears throat> and then after all this goes down. You know, you guys are married. Yeah. (laughs) A year later, (laughs) a year later in marriage. That just shows. More than a year later. You're mature. Well, you've been married for a year. Yeah. Married for a year, (laughs) yes. But, you know, and that kind of love was good for you because it took a woman with that kind of faith rooted in Christ to love you through all your shenanigans. Mm -hmm. And... And I think that only made our marriage like now, like when people are like, "Oh, you're going married a year." They like, treat us like a new couple. They're like, "Listen, <laughs> the how strong our relationship is. It's like we're way past the you, number." You don't even know the devils we've cast in <laughs> yeah. the darkness we lived in. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. So, yeah. Hush up, buttercup. <laughs> so, anyways, man, I'll let you go. But. So, I mean, eventually, I would get a new job. I started going to church again, um, picking myself off the floor. And essentially, pretty much doing it alone, just trying to do what was right. After I prayed that prayer, it's like, all right, now I've I've prayed. Now it's time. Boots hit the floor. Let's actually start, like, you know, backing up what I've prayed for, you know. So, you know, I started to talk to Nicole again. I told her everything one night, um, you know. And instead of shaming me, she embraced me and was by my side, um, which was amazing because I actually, at that point, still didn't have any friends. No one was around. And I just tell her this, expecting her to be like, wow, really? Like, can't I can't, I can't, I knew you were going to do that or like doing the, I told you so, or, but instead she didn't say anything. Yeah. That was something I almost touched on. Is like, she could like in today's culture and like how immature people are in their marriage and their relationship. Mm-hmm. She very well could have just been like, oh, good. Serves you right. You treated mm-hmm. me bad. You wouldn't right. do these things for me. Yada, 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 shmada. But instead, you know, she led you through it and embraced you. It's and, a great example help. of Jesus's love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even afterwards, like even after he told me, I remember him looking at me and being like, why have you stuck around all this time? Like, why do you still love me even after all of the hard things we've been through? And I literally looked at him and said, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just something in me. Like, I can tell that this is not who you are. Like, yeah. this is not who God has made you. Mm-hmm. And God was too. speaking to you that your role in his life was to help him get to where he's at. Yeah. You know, and help it, and help bring him closer to the father. Yeah, he was know. keeping you there. <laughs> yeah, even though everyone else was and, like, "Yep, let um, it go." But you yeah. almost like, from my perspective, it's like, like I was almost like mad. Like it was almost like I was mad at myself. I'm like, why are you stay? Like, why did you stay around? Like, you should have left me. Like everyone mm-hmm. else said, you should have done it too. And she was like, "But I didn't." Yeah. You know, it's you like know, it's just speaking on the whole leaving. You know, and all this stuff. We're going to touch on a passage that has a lot to do with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, Nicole. You know, it's so clear that you guys were meant to be, right? <laughs> Through all this nonsense, here you are. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. crazy. It's crazy. 
When I, I talked about it a little bit in our vows, just like how much she meant to me, just because like no one rode through it except for her. Like that's my person who rode through the whole thing. Do you remember? I think it was a couple months after we got in trouble. We was playing basketball quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Meeting up at the yeah. We was going to mm-hmm. the apartments playing basketball. You were sitting me and Allie down and telling us everything. Uh, I yeah, it was in your apartment, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When you guys when you both were going to Missouri State. Yeah, yeah no, I remember. And you guys were just like, you guys had so many questions, but also like it felt like you were like scared. You were like, you had so many questions, but you're like, what? I was like, naive cool. though. Like I, I yeah. had no All idea the while, about Nicole that. Nicole is like a building over. Yeah, she right. yeah. <laughs> the same apartment yeah. complex. Yeah, yeah. Allie and Nicole live in the same apartment complex, <laughs> which so. is ironic in itself, right? Yes, yeah. crazy. You, you guys were on the, the same floor, same wing, but just same room, yeah. just yeah. two different buildings. buildings. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah, and literally, she's like less than. 100 yards from us yeah. while we're having this conversation. Yeah. Crazy. And now we're sitting here talking on this podcast. Crazy, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I started to talk to Nicole again, like what I was saying earlier, and I told her everything. She embraced me. She loved me. And after a while, we were back together. Um, I worked hard to raise my grades back up in college. So, like, through that whole time um, of partying to me and crazy, I – you know, my grades dropped. Obviously, I wouldn't pay attention on it. And I mean, I was literally like, I got, I didn't transfer to OTC. I didn't have a choice. I got really? kicked out of Missouri State. They said, you're done. Yeah. You're go. And so I got kicked out. So I had to move to OTC. And there I found the physical therapist assistant program. Um, I applied and like almost like a joke to myself. Like I was like, that's what I want. That's a dream. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to put that in and, you know, see. And, you know what? I got in despite my background. I was accepted and, you know, God made a way when there was no way I was like, mm. wow, I prayed on it and prayed on it and then boom, accepted. So God made, you know, he made the way. Um, I was told that I could face five plus years in jail. Um, but That's when, so and I'm also in the program at this time. That was another question I had earlier um, about how much weed you actually had. Didn't tell me one time that there was actually enough weed to give you multiple felonies. Yeah, yeah. So like I you had just charged with one. No, I was charged with multiple, multiple felonies. Um, and I could go into it, but it's just, I could definitely, they said five plus years. I mean, I think, I can't remember how many, but they told me like I could, I mean, I could be in there a long time. Well, that's kind of what time. I was making the point. Like you were, you'd done enough shenanigans that they could have threw the book at you. Oh, yeah. no. Like you could've they could have made locked. an example you of me. You could have yeah. gone to prison for a while. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. Um, so. And what was crazy, so like I'm in the program. I'm literally taking finals and stuff like that. And they, you know, all this comes crashing down. I didn't hear anything after, you know, I got in trouble for a while. And then all of a sudden um, I get, you know, pretty much a thing saying like, you got to go to court. And I'm like in the therapist, physical therapist assistant program. Mm. They're like, got to go to court. And so I'm like, my, like I almost forgot about that life. Yeah. Like I'm different now. And now it's like, well, yeah, because now it's like, Oh yeah, I was that person. Now I gotta go face this, and I'm and I'm like almost to this program, so I'm like, did I waste my time? Yeah. So like, I go do it, and I remember sitting on the tailgate of my truck at, at my mom and dad's house, and the sun was going down. Nicole and I just literally sat there and cried on each other's shoulders because I had a date, the, I had a court date the next day, and we just sat there and cried, and I and you know prayed and, and prayed out loud too. and turned on music and just poured out yeah. to Jesus like make a way 
Uh-huh. I don't know if, what that looks like, but make a way. Um, and he hears those cries of his children. Yeah. You know, yeah. He heard it, every single word. Mm. I really believe that with my whole heart, you know, and, and I was going to school during the week and I was working on the weekends. So it kept me out of trouble. It kept me busy, kept me away from the bad influences in my life. And, uh, we went to, we went, she went out of town and I went to, um, the final court date and they were like, yep, you're good. You don't have to, you don't have to serve any time. Don't worry. Wow. Pretty much like if, if you stay out of trouble for a couple of years, you're good. And I mean, I, you can't even imagine what I looked like after they, <laughs> I just sat in my, no one was with me. I yeah. literally got like, it was like, I went through it with just Nicole and myself and my parents. And I just sat in my car. Every day. My lawyer told me that I just sat in my car and I just cried. I bet it was like shackles just like falling. Yeah. Off I just, them. I just literally, I just cried. I weeped and I looked at, looked to the sky and was just like, like the only thing that was in my heart was you made a way when there was no way, like mm. that song, like there was no possible way this could have worked out for me and you made it happen somehow. And I'm just like, you know, I just, I just and, didn't. And in those moments, don't you wish you could like cut into the spiritual realm and just yeah. see God, see God's hands working. Like he had yeah. this whole yeah. scene right here, what your life could have been. Mm-hmm. Then he just goes, wanders up like a paper ball, throws it in the trash can and says, Nope. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> Don't play with me again, Colton. <laughs> I could have done this, but I didn't. Yeah. Mm. He made a way. He How did. I wish. I wish you could. <laughs> right, just cut right into that spiritual Just realm. pop your head up through the closet. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know, down here, like, could have been this. Yeah. yeah. Could have been yeah. this. Yeah. But. You know, the people can't see grace. their hands on the podcast. Yeah. Right? They could. Could have been this. They know what he's doing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, uh. You know, I started surrounding myself with good people, and it was like my second chance for a future. Um, I'd graduate in uh, the physical therapist assistant program, and I literally walked, you know, despite my background, you know, that was another thing. It's like I had to bring that to my program director. Hey, mm-hmm. you don't know this, and we're six months out from graduation. This whole time I've had, I've been charged with a felony, and bringing that to her, like I was so nervous, thinking, she's going to kick me out. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I made it this far, she's going to kick me out. And she literally looked at me and was like, you know what? It's okay. You're good. Mm-hmm. It's up to the state. You're good with me. And I'll, and you've showed me that you're a good person. Mm-hmm. Hard worker. We're going to go through it together. It's all good. I was like, <gasps> what is happening? <laughs> like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so the case dropped off. Nicole's back in my life. I'm almost through this program. Like what is going on? Like I'm just like, <laughs> and then I literally, my dad was like, man, he would ask me, you know, going through this at the time why are you not like, like you don't seem very anxious anymore. You don't seem like what's going on with you. And I was like, and this was even before I knew what the jail thing and all this, like, I'm like, I don't know why I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like God has me in his hands and he's just like taking me through this journey and nothing can touch me. Like I'm good. Like I'm good. Like I know everything's going to work out and I know I'm going to be fine. I don't know how, (laughs) but I just know it. Like, and it's weird. That's true faith, man. And so I'm going through that and, you know, I'm a PTA three short years later after, you know, that being in a cell three years later, now I'm a physical therapist assistant. Um, I'm engaged in Nicole. My life was changed and I was a new man. Um, and I knew this was God's plan for me. Um, if I wouldn't have gotten in trouble, I don't think I would have ever changed my ways and got away from the bad influences. Mm-hmm. And pr- I don't know. I might've been dead. I just don't, I don't know. Um, 
but he gave me a second chance and a future for my family and I to a way to support them, to, you know, a way to love them and, and give them and show them, Hey, dad did that. Yeah. Don't do that. You know, yeah. or, or even like now, like I was in a jail, like, look who I was. It's only been what, five, six years. And now I'm leading, I'm a leader in student ministries. Yeah. Like telling the same kids like, Hey, I've done this. Trust me. There's mm-hmm. nothing that won't make you happy. The only thing that'll make you happy is Jesus. Like, and what does Jesus say? And which gospel is it where he tells uh, the disciples or whoever's listening, whoever causes one of these little ones to sin? Mm, yeah. You know, mm. mashing of teeth, hell, fire. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah you're, you're, doing, you're doing some good work there. But I, and I know, I just know, like, now coming through it, like, you can do anything. You know, like the whole hashtag Philippians 413, <laughs> you know, the shirts the and stuff. Sh- but you know what? Yeah. Listen, you can do anything with God. I mean, he's yeah. the one who strengthens you. And like, that is so true. Like, it very, it's so true. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a hashtag. And, you know, and it's not that like you can, okay, obviously you can't fly. Like you're never right. going to be able to fly. <laughs> but that more or less means you can endure mm-hmm. all things through Christ who gives you strength. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like you said, like you were in like a little boat and God was just guiding you through. I almost wish through. that in the mm-hmm. Bible, that's the way it was read. Yeah. You can endure because how many coffee mugs do you see of people like, you know, it's just, yeah. just a typical like, basic verse and it's really, it shouldn't be that basic it's because well, that's I can, the culture. I can do all that's, things. Yeah. I can lift a car off of you the know, culture's whatever. twisted certain verses to kind of fit a and, narrative and or kind of mainstream yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like I can endure all. It's still holy words right. out of the holy. Well, word. and like I was talking, we were talking earlier in the week about like you know what, like we were talking about my testimony and about giving it on here, and then I read this this week and it really resonated with me. And it's in Romans. It says, "Not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and the endurance produces character, and the character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. Wow. Like it builds us. It's like a constant progression of building us. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you're working out. You're at the gym. Yeah, when you're working out." You work your muscles to a point where they start to break down and tear, mm. right? And that's where the growth starts. Absolutely. You break it down to grow it. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And to, what does Greg Locke say? You break it to distribute it, just mm. like he broke bread to distribute it. Mm. So he broke you so that you could tell yeah, your so story. Pieces Absolutely. of you could, could move. Every single mm. person on this podcast listening has heard your testimony. Mm. You've been broken to share that. I love you it. Know, and Colton and I's first cousins, my <laughs> mom is his uh, aunt. His aunt, which would be his dad's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, our upbringings were similar. Yeah. Not the same. Similar. Um, I'd say you had more of a leash to do Henri stuff than I did, probably. Yeah, a little more <laughs> different. Yeah. yeah, a little different. But Henri, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of dabbled in the same things. Um, I'd say you and Tristan have more of a common story. My younger brother, Tristan, than, yeah. than you and I do. Yeah. I was always yeah. too afraid to step out and do anything too crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. But Colton and Tristan was wild. <laughs> Tyra, Tyra's wild, too. If you know, if you know my and brother. And Bub's wild, too. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, get into Bub? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all wild. And I'd say now, you and I's kind of like taking the the lead role, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in, in both sides of the family, in my I think maybe like changing, I, my, I mean, the all honesty though, my goal is to change the way we are. Like I want to, I'm, I want to, and I know this is probably the same for you. Like you want to, 
you want to start something new. Mm-hmm. You want to start, you want to be like this from, for me on, this is what a man, I want a man is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus, you know, and like being in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it kind of like, I know you go through it cause we've talked about it, you know, to friends and family, when you try to serve God, serve your wife. And if you have children, serve your kids in yeah. that order. Yeah. When you do that, people think you're a jerk. They yeah. think, Oh, you're not the same as you used to be. You don't come around as much and yada, 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 shmada. And it's just like, like, can we all just get to the maturity level of like the most important thing we can do as believers is serve God. Yeah. Like that's it. That's what he wants us to do. He wants our heart. He wants our service. If we can do that and have faith, then everything else, you know, it's icing on top of it. And even, yeah. and even going a little, you know, even past, you know, you, you know, God first, but then after that, your wife, and it says like, love your wife as Jesus loved the church. Mom, yeah. children, raise her up and call her blessed. Proverbs 31, 28. <laughs> right. That's on our wall. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're not, you know, because we're not coming around or because you're serving your family or your wife, you know, that's mm-hmm. what Jesus wants. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I know you, I've gotten backlash for it from friends and family, you know, because Oh, you're a jerk. You're stuck up. This and that and the other. You don't come around. Mm-hmm. I know you've gotten that. Isn't that tough? It is tough. It's very tough. It's because tough on everybody. It yeah. is tough, man. It is so tough. Like, because all you want to do is be, like you said, be the best version of you you can be. Absolutely. And you want other people, you know, to, to join in with you. Yeah. Like, it's not that I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> It's, I don't want to go get slobbered drunk with you. <laughs> that don't mean I don't want to eat with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Doesn't mean I don't want to love you. Yeah. Doesn't mean, yeah, exactly. It's just like, I can't do that. I right. can't be, I can't be radically changed by the gospel and then still do those things. Like it'd be like you, you know, hooking up with that buddy that abandoned you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey man, let's go smoke a bowl or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you, Going backwards. Right. You know, God's moving you forwards. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't do that stuff. You can't do that. Once you're ready for change, you have a change of heart. You can't go back. Yeah. Nor do you want to. Yeah. Nor do you want to. Exactly. That's why G- Jesus changes you to the point where it's like, it isn't, oh, I can't because it says I can't. It's like, I don't want to because mm-hmm. I know who Jesus is. Like, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to hurt my father's heart. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, the last thing you want to do is disappoint your father. Yeah. You know? So. We should have that same aspect of mm-hmm. pleasing God. And, um, I thought about talking about this passage for a while, but I think I'm going to keep it brief because it's brief because it's, it's pretty simple. It's not hard to get in a gospel of John six verses 66. It says after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So in the context of where that came from, you know, in John chapter six, Jesus has uh, fed the 5,000. He's walked on water and then he's uh, given a message about basically eating his flesh, drinking his blood, mm. right? The devotion. And the people listening are like, oh, this is a hard saying. How can people receive this? Well, even nowadays, that would be a hard saying right. to <laughs> receive. You want to enter the kingdom? Drink my blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My flesh. flesh. Yeah. Cannibalism? No, you don't get it. You don't understand. <laughs> but then, anyway, so they're all arguing and disputing with themselves. And then he, after they get done, you know, talking and whatnot, many of, it says many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So, like you just said, you can't go backwards. You got to go forwards. Mm. Yeah. And notice it said they just didn't quit following. They went back. They turned back. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like Jesus said, hey, we're going this way. And they're like, oh, well, you know, whatever. We're just going to hang here. No, they went backwards. It says that. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So the people that were fishermen before they met Jesus, they went back to fishing. Mm-hmm. The drunkards went back to being drunkards. 
The prostitutes yeah. went back to prostituting. They turned back. Yep. So. Um, and it's not like that's that's the easy way out. That is like, the easy way out. Because I know how you said like it was like God was guiding you, but it wasn't that it was easy mm-hmm. as He was oh, guiding no, you. No. Like it's it's the harder way. It's the road less traveled, the mm-hmm. narrow. You know. Narrow, narrow is the way. way. Yeah. Few there be that find it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So and then sorry. Peter had another <laughs> foot insert mouth moment <laughs> when he says, oh, where, where are we going to go? <laughs> oh, Peter. <laughs> but it's like, I like him because he's like the human. Like, I don't know. Like when I read this, sometimes I'm like, it's like, I, that's why I like the chosen two or like these other shows. It's like, mm-hmm. it almost puts like, they have, they have characteristics. They have, you know, their personality. human personality. They perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like when I see him go, so where do you want me to go? That's like me. I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> so what are we gonna do? What is happening? It's humanistic tendencies. Yeah, right. You know, they were human too. Right. And even Jesus was in the form of you know a right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we see time and time again in the gospel, Peter, he, he's almost always the first to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, if you even went this way, or where are we gonna go, Lord? Okay, skip over to another gospel. He's the first to step out into the water. Yeah. Mm. You go up into the mountain transfiguration, he starts you know building a tent and setting stuff <laughs> up, and they're like, What are you doing? goofball mm-hmm. you know like he's always the first to just react have those kind of ner- knee-jerk reactions yeah and stuff. And yeah. You're right it is very relatable because like you said that is like you or 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 like when you know you're wanting to like keep you know if you're walking with the lord you're like trying to do everything for him too like you're trying to be proactive you're like mm-hmm. i don't want him to have any hardship i'm gonna mm-hmm. take care of him because yeah. he's the god so you're like trying to, you know. Yeah, what can I do next for you, Lord? Right, like, right, right. I'm going to build this fire because he's going, he's probably as cool. And <laughs> Lord, Lord's like, chill. Just be with me. Yeah, yeah. Just you know. Simmer down. <laughs> simmer. You know, and one thing I kind of forgot to add in that uh, John 6, 66 passage is, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that in that verse it says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So 666, we know that to be, in Revelation, the number of a man. It's a reference to the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So is it a coincidence that in this 666 passage, you got a bunch of disciples and believers turning away from Jesus? Mm-hmm. Towards the world. Towards the world. Mm-hmm. Towards where Satan is putting, you know, these awesome, desirable things in front of them, like fishing and yeah. drinking and prostitution mm-hmm. and sex. The and easy drugs way. And, mm-hmm. Living it up. Right? <laughs> yeah. What well, used to bring you all your joy. Yeah. Right. right. You fill that crap in front of you. You take it like the worldly like desires. Days, right. Yeah. But no, it's not a coincidence. In case right. you need me to answer that for you, it's not a coincidence. Okay. So yeah. numbers matter. There's a whole book in, in the Bible. It's called Numbers. So they do matter. But anyway. Did you have a song of the week oh, that you want yeah. to talk about? Um, so the song of the week that I chose this week is called Evidence. It's by Josh Baldwin. Um, and I kind of chose this just because it kind of ties into Colton's testimony. Of um, It just talks about the evidence of Jesus all over our life. So I'll read a little bit of it here. Okay. Mm, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life. See the cross, the empty grave, the evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away because of you, oh Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little snippet of that song is just amazing. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just 
every single bit of your testimony, there's evidence of Jesus's hand in every single part of it. And I think in every single part of our lives. So that was evidence by Josh Baldwin. That's such a good song. Mm-hmm. I think it's important though, when we're talking, we've talked about my testimony here, you know what? People are like, Oh, good job. Or, Hey man, that man, that it's commendable. I'm like, listen, it wasn't about me. Mm. Oh, trying to give you the credit. And I yeah. don't take the credit because that would be what I did. And it's not about what I did. It's about what Jesus did for me. Yeah. So yeah. that's a very important point, you know. All the glory should go to God. Absolutely. Yeah. If you hear me turn on pages, it's because I'm ill-prepared. Because <laughs> this scripture just came into my heart. And I can't remember where the heck it's at. But. Okay, I found it. Um. It's Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given. Mm. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So, you know, like you were talking about, you know, hitting your knees and praying that night, you know, for God to protect you, lead you, guide you, and deliver you out of all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Ask, and it will be given. Mm-hmm. Or even you guys, the night before the the date of the the. And that's not saying, like, yeah. ask exactly what you want and you'll be given to <laughs> A you. A Lamborghini but, for Christmas. But God does all things <laughs> yeah. for good. Yeah. And so even if, if it's not the thing you ask for, it'll be better for you because mm. God knows your heart exactly. and that's what you that's need. That's a good point. And, you know, never was there anything done for someone, biblically speaking, who was a skeptic mm. that didn't believe God could do these things for them. Mm. Like, you know, there wasn't a fiber of your whole being that doubted what God can do for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I, and I believe that's one of the reasons that it came to fruition. Too. And that's why you had that peace because Absolutely. you were just like, I, I know that whatever he does, it'll be for my good. Yeah. That security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Anything you got? I don't think so. No? Well, it was a so good job. Good. Yeah. It was Yay. great. <laughs> thanks so much for having us on. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for okay. allowing me to tell you what God did in my life. So yeah. I hope you guys, you know, listen and took something from it, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm going to, Put you on the spot here. Normally, I close this out in prayer, but I think I'm gonna let you let you do it. All right, dear Lord, uh, thank you for just this moment and this opportunity to come on this podcast and just talk to others about what you've done in my life and to share your word and your gospel and your truth. God, I pray that you would reach others and uh, you would use my story to touch others and to relate, um, help me relate to others and help them relate to my story and to. Uh, just grow closer to you and all things we do. I pray that you would just um, help us be like Jesus, help us fight the temptations of this world and help us walk the the narrow path that you've created for us. And I pray that uh, this podcast would just be blessed and that um, you would bless uh, the people who hear it and that you would um, reveal your truth in their hearts um, through us, through this podcast and through your word and, and any way that we can, Um, advance your kingdom god i pray that you would reveal it to us in our hearts and we love you so much and we're thankful for jesus christ dying on the cross for our sins and um i pray that you would help us just now pray amen amen Amen. Amen. all right see you guys